Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, welcome everybody to Rethink Life Church. I am so honored that you've chosen to be with us today online. You couldn't be at a better place than Rethink Life. And listen, I just want to encourage you right now before we even get into the heart of the message to go ahead and click that share button. Hey, if you're on you know, Facebook, however uh, you're watching today, please, please, please share this message with people that you know because they're going to want and they're going to need to hear this message. I am really excited about today's message because it's really the culmination of really a a formula that we've been learning from in this series that we're calling Contagious. Over the last few weeks, since the beginning of March, we've been learning how to live an infectious life. As a matter of fact, we've been learning how we can actually accomplish that through a simple formula. And here is the formula. You ready for this? It's HP plus CP plus CC equals MI. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what in the world does that mean? And what good does, what good does a mathematical equation do when it comes to helping me live this contagious or infectious life? Well, let me break it down for you because HP, as we learned during week one, talks about the importance of living a high, potent life. Because as followers of Jesus, Jesus said, hey, we are to be the salt of the world. And therefore, in order for salt to be effective, we got to get in close proximity. In other words, we got to apply the salt to whatever it is that we come in close proximity with. And that, of course, are our people, people at work, people in our community, people in our school campuses, people even in our own homes. But we have got to be not only high potent believers so that our lives actually reflect what we say we believe, but we got to rub shoulders with people. Listen, we got to take some relational risk. We got to build some relational bridges. We got to connect with people so that we can ultimately share with clear communication, that's the CC, the hope-filled message, the good news of Jesus Christ, so that the end result is MI, and that means maximum impact. And so, hey, we believe, listen, I believe we've saved the best for last. And so today, I'm going to share with you five ways that we can live our lives being infectious, being that contagious person whom God has called us to be as a follower of His. But there are five ways that I believe that your life and my life can have maximum impact on those around us. In fact, I hope that if you have maybe uh, our app, the Rethink Life app, you'll follow along with me or you can follow along because I'm going to share with you one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's a powerful very vivid uh, picture, I believe, into the heart of Jesus. It's found in Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verses 35 through 38. And here's what we learn through these verses of Scripture. It says that Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease, 
and sickness. But when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So from those few verses of scripture there in Matthew chapter 9, what we're going to do is we're going to learn five ways that we can have maximum impact with our lives. And the first is this. We got to see as Jesus saw. I heard someone once say a statement one time that, that kind of rattled my cage and it goes like this. If you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, I need you to repeat that. Let me repeat it for you, okay? If you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. When uh, my wife, Michelle, and I got married, which, by the way, uh, come June 1st, we'll be celebrating 30 years of marriage. Come on, somebody. You, listen, send us some fire emojis, some, you know, whatever, all right? Some hearts. You know, let, me, let me feel a little love. 30 years of marriage. And people ask us all the time, you know, um, you know, how did you guys meet? Well, let me just tell you this. Before I met my wife, Michelle, I had a clear vision of the kind of woman, the kind of wife that I wanted to spend my life with. In other words, I could see it. I had a vision for who she was. Well, fast forward, we were set up, you ready for this, on a blind date Guess who? By our parents. Can you believe that? Man, we need to bring that back. Man, it works. It still works. Listen, we were set up on a blind date by our parents. I'll never forget the very first time I laid eyes on Michelle. I took one look at her and I said, baby, wherever you lead, I will follow. And I've been following her ever since for some 30 years. You say, what does that have to do with anything you're talking about when it comes to making maximum impact? Well, let me tell you how that applies. Because if I didn't see the kind of wife that I wanted to spend my life with, if I didn't see Michelle before I saw Michelle, then when I saw her, I would have never recognized her. Does that make sense? And I believe there are a lot of people, unfortunately, who don't see the opportunities around them. And the reason why is because they don't see it before they see it. They don't see through the eyes of Jesus. They don't see as Jesus saw. And so in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says it this way. Where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, you know, when you think about when there's no vision, guess what? Dreams die, marriages die, hopes die. Why? All because there's no vision. They don't have the capacity to see. And that is why the scripture says there in Matthew chapter 9, in verse 36, the Bible says that when he saw the multitudes... You see, Jesus had the ability to see the people from 
a different perspective. You know why? Because he was able to see the multitudes, the crowds of people who were helpless and harassed, people who were beaten down, people who were lost spiritually, confused morally. He could see them. You know why? Because he had spiritual eyes. Well, guess what? When Jesus Christ comes into our lives, when we put our faith and trust in Him to be our Lord and our Savior, guess what? He not only forgives us of our sin, but He transforms our lives from the inside out. And guess what? He gives us new spiritual eyes to see. And so therefore, we can live our lives now with our eyes open spiritually so that we can see as Jesus saw. You want to know the reason why Jesus had the ability to see what most people didn't see or perhaps what most people ignored? Let me tell you why. Because he understood what his purpose was. He lived his life on purpose. And that's our mission statement as a church, to help people live life on purpose. Because when you live your life on purpose, when you wake up every day with intentionality and you ask God, God, give me eyes to see. God, give me the ability to see as Jesus saw. I promise you, You'll be able to see the needs around you. You'll be able to pick up on situations. You'll be able to recognize opportunities that God places before you. Why? Because if you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. We have to ask God to open our eyes so that we can see as Jesus saw. So let me ask you a question. When you see your marriage, what do you see? When you see your kids and your family life, what do you see? When you see your coworkers at work, what do you see? If you're a student, hey, on your school campus, when you see your friends at school, what do you see? The big question is, do you have a vision for all the things I just mentioned? Do you have a vision for your marriage? Do you have a vision for your family? Do you have a, do you have a vision for your workplace? Do you have a vision for your neighborhood and your community? Do you have a vision for your school campus? Because if you don't see as Jesus saw, you'll never see the opportunities that God has placed right before your eyes. That's why Jesus told his disciples right after he had changed and transformed a woman at the well, a Samaritan, a Samaritan woman. When his disciples showed up on the scene and they were like, Jesus, why are you talking to this woman? He wanted them to clearly understand why he was there, and he wanted them to understand that he had just changed and transformed the woman's life. And he said these words in John 4, 35. He said, look around you. Vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and are ready now for the reaping. In essence, what Jesus was trying to reinforce to his disciples is, guys, there are opportunities all around it. The big question is, do you see it? Do you recognize it? Do you have a vision for people who are lost spiritually and confused morally and hurting relationally? You know, I was uh, reading through something the other day that just really captured my heart. Did you know that the city of Orlando where we live, which I love, it's the city, beautiful, it's, a, it's an amazing place. Did you know that the city of Orlando is now ranked in the top 10 cities in America with the most unchurched 
people. You realize that over a thousand people a month move into this, to the, the city of Orlando. And what I was thinking about the other day was just in our community known as Lake Nona, they're projecting over 20,000 homes just in Lake Nona. That's not even surrounding, that's not even, that doesn't even include the surrounding communities, the spinoff developments from Lake Nona. So upwards to potentially 30, 40, maybe even 50,000 homes will be represented in the greater Lake Nona area over the next 20 years. I was talking to a, a dear friend of mine the other day and she said, Rod, Pastor Rodney, she said, do you know where you guys meet at Lake Nona High School? She said, do you know that there are over 50,000 cars a day that pass by the high school. As a matter of fact, she sent me a video, and when I saw the video, I said, I gotta show this to the people. So here's the video. I want you to check this out. Hey, you guys, I just wanted to show you this traffic is backed up here on Narcuzzi, right where you have church. The kids are getting out of school, and I just wanted to challenge you and say, what would it look like if the road was backed up on Sundays because everybody was coming to love Jesus, because everybody was coming to serve Jesus, because it can happen, you guys. It's possible. And I want you to believe that this is what could happen if all of us began to share and love on people in this community. It could happen. All right. I love all of you guys. I hope you're having a wonderful week. But dream the big dream for Jesus. He's already put that skill within us and we can do it. I love all of you. God bless you. Wasn't that amazing? Because just what you saw, as you saw looking through her windshield, the traffic jam, and you see the potential, you see the mass humanity. So the question is, do we see it? Because if we don't see it before we see it, we will never see it. We got to pray and ask God to open our eyes with spiritual eyes so that we can see as Jesus saw. Because the Bible says when he saw the multitudes. So the second thing in order to have a high impact life where we can live our life with maximum impact is we got to listen. We got to feel as Jesus felt because it says there in verse 36, it says when he saw the crowds, he was what? He was moved with compassion. You ought to just type the words right there in your, in your, in your little uh, chat, compassion. And the reason why that word compassion is so important is because the word compassion actually means to suffer with. In essence, it literally means that you are moved mentally to the point that you are impacted physically. Now, I don't mean to gross you out, but have you ever been driving down maybe an old uh, country road or a highway and you saw a dead animal on the side of the road? And when you saw that animal, you just kind of had this almost like nauseating feeling that just, just kind of captures your attention, but it also has a physical effect on you, doesn't it? 
Well, in that same way, that's what true compassion does. It moves us, not just spiritually, but it moves us mentally and emotionally and it affects us physically. Why? Because we understand the impact of other people's plight, their situation, listen, their desperation, their needs, their lostness, their confusion, their disappointments, their hurts, their, listen, their, their fears and their failures. We have the ability to suffer with them. You see, compassion is different than pity. You see, compassion is love in action. In other words, we have the ability to actually enter into other people's world and feel what they feel. So if someone's feeling lonely or someone's feeling rejected or someone's feeling fearful, whatever it is that they're feeling, they're scared, they're uncertain, we have the ability to not only see as Jesus saw, but to feel as Jesus felt and to feel the hurts and the confusion and the disappointments of other people. You know, I love the fact that in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and I love how it captures this in the message paraphrase translation because Jesus empathized with people because he not only saw their spiritual and moral condition, but he also could relate. He wanted to identify with their hurts. And you know what his solution was? You know what he invited people to do that were hurting? Here was his love in action. Here's what he did. In verse 28 in Matthew 11, he said, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? And then notice his response. He said, Come to me. He said, Get away with me and you will recover your life. Let me tell you something. That's what a lot of people, I believe, right now are experiencing. Man, they're worn out. They're burned out. Man, they're disappointed and disillusioned. Listen, 2020 did a number on so many people. Physically, mentally, emotionally. I mean, every bad thing is up right now statistically. And I believe with all of my heart, people are hurting. They're desperate. They're looking for hope. And that is the reason why we got to feel as Jesus felt. But we'll never feel as Jesus felt until we learn to see as Jesus saw. So therefore, when we see as Jesus saw, now we're positioned to feel as Jesus felt. And when we feel as Jesus felt, here's what we're going to do. We're going to serve as Jesus served. Because in verse 37, what did he say? He said, the harvest is plentiful. But notice, he said, the workers are few. The workers are few. In other words, there are opportunities all around, the, all around us. The problem is the fact that we are outnumbered. In other words, there's more people to be reached. There are more opportunities to serve than there are people to help serve. Than there are people to help step in and meet needs and to reach those that need to be reached. So the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. One of the things that Jesus did with his disciples right before he was going to the cross to be crucified is he gathered them, to, gathered them together in this place known as the upper room and he was going to have his last supper with them. And so they were all seated around the table and, and uh, it was customary to have a basin of water and a towel by the door so that people could wash their feet. And normally there was a, be a servant there to greet the people as a host and then they would you know, wash their feet and then those individuals could take their place at the table. Well, in this case, there was no servant. 
So everybody just came in, kind of just walked, back, walked past the basin of water, and they all took their seat. And as they were talking, Jesus got up, and he went over to the basin of water, and he took the towel, and here's what he began to do. One by one, he went around the table, and he washed his disciples' feet. And in verses 12 through 15 in John chapter 13, he sa- it says, After washing their feet, He put on his robe again and sat down and he asked, he said, do you understand? Do you comprehend what I was doing? He said, you call me teacher and Lord. And he said, you're right, but that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, he said, you ought to wash each other's feet. He said, because I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. You know what he said in Matthew, excuse me, in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45? He said these words. He said, For even the Son of Man came not to, to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. I heard someone once say, If you are too big to serve, then you are too small to lead. And I just believe for many of us, knowing that the harvest is plentiful, knowing there are opportunities all around us, knowing there are people that need to be reached. How many times have we been guilty of saying, well, pastor, that's your job. Or pastor, you know, that's, that's, you know, I'm not qualified for that. Or or, pastor, you know, that, you know, I, I don't really feel comfortable in doing that. Well, we need to ask God to help us become comfortably uncomfortable because we need to get out of our comfort zones and we need to begin to see people as Jesus saw them and to feel as Jesus felt. Why? Because we're going to be motivated to serve the needs of people around us. Why? Because God has called us. He has chosen us. He has gifted us to serve. And one of the greatest ways that we can make maximum impact on the lives of other people is by serving the needs of other people. You want to get in close proximity? Hey, you want to have this high potent life? Well, let me tell you something. If you want your life to back up what you say you believe, then let people watch our example by how we serve and how we put the white towel of servanthood over our arms in order to make a difference in the lives of others other people. Let me share something with you. And I've said this so many times, I'll say it again. If you're not serving, you are swerving. In other words, listen, you're missing out. You're cheating yourself from what it is that God wants to do in you and through you to make an impact on other people. You say, I don't even know where to begin. Well, that's why we have something called starting point. And I would encourage you right now, Just to listen, as soon as this message is over, go to our website, sign up for Starting Point, because we'll walk you through ways that you can find a place to serve. You can get on a team so you can start making a difference. Do you realize even now as we are watching this, if you see things that are being typed up in the chat, well, guess what? That's because of somebody known as a dream teamer that serves on our online team is doing that very thing. This is their ministry. This is their way of serving you because they're saying, I may not be able to physically be there, but God can use my hands and God can use my time to be able to make a difference, to help serve, to help meet needs and to give hope and to help and direction and guidance to those who need it. And I want to say thank you. 
to those of you who right now are serving in our online team, who are praying for people, who are helping people and giving people the hope and the support that they need. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 27 and 28, the Apostle Paul said it this way. In the message, I love how it captures this. It says, you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. So let me tell you something. There is no part that is too small, too big, too important, unimportant. Everything is important when it comes to the kingdom business that we are in. And so therefore, we need to simply just say, God, use me. God, use me. In other words, we got to move from being a consumer to a contributor if we're going to make maximum impact. So where does it begin? It begins by seeing as Jesus saw, feeling as Jesus felt, serving as Jesus served, and praying as Jesus prayed. In verse 38, it says, Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, the prerequisite to it all, honestly, is prayer. Because if we don't pray as Jesus prayed, then truthfully, when you think about it, we'll never see as Jesus saw. We'll never feel the compassion that Jesus felt. We'll never have the motivation or the desire to serve as Jesus served if we don't start by praying as Jesus prayed. And what did he say? He said, just ask. Ask the Lord of the harvest. In essence, what we need to do as followers of Jesus Christ is just ask God. Say, God, how can you use my life? How can you use my experiences? How can you use my, my talents, my gifts, my abilities? How, God, how can you even use my failures? God, how can you use my life so that my life can be lived on purpose for a purpose in order to make an impact on somebody else. Because we all have something to offer. And what we need to do is we just, we just simply just need to ask God, God, show me, guide me, help me. God, give me a burning desire. God, give me a passion. God, give me an interest that, that, that becomes this, this motivation to want to help and to help advance the cause of Christ and to help build the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to advance God's vision to reach more and more people. Why? Because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So here I am, Lord, send me. Just simply say, God, use my life. And guess what? God will use you. He'll give you, listen, I'm telling you, he will give you the ability to do what you feel inadequate to do. I'm telling you, God will put his super on your natural to help you accomplish things that perhaps you could never accomplish on your own. And you know what? I just believe with all of my heart. That's one of the reasons why it's so important that we're connected to the local church. Because listen, we can give through the church. We can serve through the church. We can be equipped through the church. We can find connections through the church. I share with our people all the time, listen, God has given us a vision to reach those 20,000 plus households. God has given us a vision 
to, to, to have a place of our own one day where we can actually have land and have a permanent building that God can use really as a hub, if anything, as a, as a, as a life-giving place. Listen, a home that is known for life change, that is sending people out and making a difference in the world. But I share it with people all the time. The only way, the only way that can happen is when we all do our part because we all can do something. We just need to pray and ask God to help us, to show us. And guess what? The pace of everything I'm talking about, the pace of seeing all of those things become a reality is 100% dependent on the pace of your serving and the pace of your generosity and the pace of your invitations, your invites to reach people who desperately need Him. Because you see, when we see as Jesus saw and we feel as Jesus felt, and we serve as Jesus served, and we pray as Jesus prayed. As we ask, and we seek, and we knock, and through persistent faith, we take those steps of faith. Then number five, we will do as Jesus did. You want to know what Jesus did? In fact, you want to know why Jesus came to earth. You want to know the reason why God left heaven in the form of a human being like you and me it became one of us through his son Jesus Christ is so that he could not only relate to us and identify with us but ultimately so that he would die for us and come back to life for us so that we could have a relationship that was cut off by sin that relationship could be restored through forgiveness because of what Jesus did on the cross. You want to know why Jesus came? Well, it sums it up. Because in, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to save the lost. And I just want to say this as we wrap up our time together. You know, I've been in ministry now for over 30 years, been pastoring Rethink Life Church, and we founded this church 20 years ago. It's been an amazing journey, but I'll just say this. We founded this church on one thing, and that is reaching people who are far from God, reaching people who matter to God, reaching people. Why? Because that is why Jesus came, to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm telling you as your pastor, and even if I'm not your pastor, I'm telling you anyway, listen, on this side of heaven, we as a church here at Rethink Life Church, we will do whatever it takes short of sin to reach people who are spiritually lost. Because if we don't reach them, I'm telling you, chances are they will never be reached. And God has called me and he's called you. He's called us as a church to be about our Father's business. And that is to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, it's interesting because when Jesus was around the church people, the religious people, in fact, when he was around his disciples, you know what his primary message was to them? His primary message was, was go and tell. Hey, go and tell people about the good news, the saving knowledge. Go tell other people about the good news of Jesus. But when Jesus was talking to the unsaved, 
when he was talking to the unchurched, when he was talking to that person who was lost, spiritually, confused, morally. You know what his invitation was? His invitation was, come and see. Come and see. And that's exactly what we have an opportunity to do. In fact, we can put in motion both of those things this week as we prepare for Easter Sunday. There is not another day on the entire calendar that's an easier, more opportunistic opportunity to invite people to church than Easter Sunday. Come on, people. It is the Super Bowl of Christianity. It is the Daytona 500 of followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, there is hope. There is hope found in Jesus. And this Easter, we're going to learn what the hope of Jesus is all about. And it's an opportunity for you to share with friends. Listen, share the, click those share buttons, pass on the message, get involved, join us, be a part of the process, and let's see what God will do. Because if we're going to be contagious, if we're going to be infectious with our lives, then we got to be HP, high potent. Hey, we got to get in close proximity, CP. We got to have that message down pat where we can have clear communication with people so we can share the good news of Jesus. Watch last Sunday's message because I taught you how to do that. Because when we do that, then we can have MI, maximum impact. And that's when we can live our lives on purpose, for a purpose, making an impact on the people around us. God wants to use us in no better time than right now for us to become contagious so that people will catch what we've got. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment in prayer. And as we bow our heads for a moment, listen, if you're there watching this and you're thinking to yourself, wow, you know, as a, as a Christian, as a believer, I needed to hear this because you know, I, I, I don't think I really see opportunities. In fact, if anything, I'm guilty of allowing missed opportunities to pass by me. Maybe you just need to ask God today to open your eyes once again. Help you to maybe feel that heart of compassion for people. To enter into the world. You know, it's been said that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Maybe today you just need to ask God to give you a heart of compassion, empathy, for those around you who are hurting, who are just maybe just seeking, searching, confused, going through hard times, dark seasons in their life. Maybe for some of you, it's time to, to serve. It's, it's time to find a team. It's time to find an, a way that you can make a difference. For others of you, you know what? Maybe it's just time to put feet to your prayers. And it's just, it's just allowing God to use you. Whatever it is, I'm asking you, if you're a believer today, hey, today, right now, just ask God to rekindle the fire in your heart today. And if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, can I just say, no greater place than right here, right now, in this moment, regardless of where you are, to put your faith and your trust in Jesus. Can I just invite you to simply bow your head and would you be willing to pray this prayer in your heart? And listen, from the depth of your heart, would you just repeat this prayer after me? Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And today, by faith, I believe that Jesus died 
and he on a cross and he arose again for me. And Jesus, right now, I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now look at me. If you prayed that prayer just then, would you do me a huge favor? Please do this. Would you right now just type in the chat, I decided, or if you're watching on our website, click that little button that says, I decided. We wanna send you something that's gonna help you get started in your new spiritual journey with Jesus Christ. I want you to know I love you. So honored that you've worshiped with us today. And I cannot wait until next week as we come back together and we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.